It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways you probably haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Questlove, and Kate Blanchett. In recent weeks, I had talked to actor Dan Levy, director Ava DuVernay, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome. You are now listening to The Professional Homegirl. girl Ebony from the professional homegirl podcast the only place where you will hear interviews from women of color anonymously on stories that will enlighten and expand on taboo topics now if you hear someone that sounds familiar mind the business that pays you child please support the show by leaving a five-star review buy some merch or simply share these stories with your professional homegirls you never know these storylines can be someone else's lifeline. Now, please keep in mind that all of my guests are anonymous. So let's begin this week's episode. So I am super excited about talking to my guest today. She is one of the best nail artists in the game. And today she will be sharing her story on receiving gastric sleeve surgery. So to my guests, how are you doing? How are you feeling? I'm doing well. I'm feeling really good, energized, you know. Okay. Skin is glowing, hair is flourishing. Okay. <laughs> so before we start, when I always think about you, I always think about two things that come to mind. <laughs> so the one thing I, um the first thing that comes to mind is remember when I came to get my come get my nails done by you and I was high as hell and I bought up the whole Batman signal? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wait y'all so me and my best friend my best friend was in town and she came to me and get my nails done because this uh my guest is the only person I go to get my nails done whatever and I was high as hell y'all and I asked her, I'm like y'all how long you been in New York then she was like pretty much like how long you say over 10 years or like all your life or some shit yeah and I, I was like seven seven eight years yeah right 
So I was like, right. I'm like, so how come we never saw the Batman signal? And the way she looked at me, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it was like, oh, this bitch is on something. <laughs> like, it's like, you know, I wasn't going to judge. So it took you a minute to laugh because you was like, what? Yeah. (laughs) I was like, what is going on? (laughs) Then the second thing I always remember is, so I'm always looking for stories, right? And she told me she had a homegirl that had a sex dungeon. And my guest had me go all the way out to deep in Bushwick. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Well, that was a weird and wild night, man. And I am not shocked at all because that person is very eccentric, very weird, and owns their wildness. So- yes. <laughs> like, we didn't talk about nobody's sex dungeon, y'all. I don't even know what the hell we were talking about. <laughs> like, it, it was... I was like, where this girl got me at? I'm like, oh my God. It was, I think I was at that girl house for like four hours. I had to take cab home. It was too late. (laughs) (laughs) I just remember afterwards just being like, damn, I really sent her out there not knowing, knowing what could possibly happen, but also like, nah, it was at all. (laughs) I was like, nah, this girl don't like me because that was a weird ass night, man. (laughs) I don't even know. I I really thought that she was going to give you a lot of insight on everything, but. It's it's a hit or miss sometimes. <laughs> it was a miss, girl. I was so confused. <laughs> now let's talk about who you were before the surgery because I definitely see a change in your aura. How did you feel about yourself before you had the surgery? Oh my God, I was in a very, very, very dark place. Um, mainly because, um, you know, now I'm currently going through a divorce, but at the time I was, you know, with someone that was um, kind of, um, you know, trying to, or was isolating me in a sense from the world. And whenever I expressed myself as far as just feeling the darkness and feeling not like myself anymore, instead of um, being supportive and wanting to get me help, it was just kind of like, oh, well, you know, tomorrow, like tomorrow will be a better day. You just, you just got to not think about it. Um, it's not that big of a deal. You're being dramatic. Right. Um, so it was just, you know, and because in, in my family, I'm mainly the person that's always known as like the fighter, the strong one, like, right. Um, you don't fuck with, <laughs> um, right. whenever, you know, I saw myself kind of in this dark place where I didn't know who to turn to and, and who to talk to. And like, how to express how sad and lonely I was feeling, even though I was married. Um, I was embarrassed to tell my family because I, you know, thought that they were going to judge me <laughs> um, or be disappointed. And, you know, um, thankfully when I finally did and broke my silence, it was, it was the opposite. Um, but it was, it was a very, very dark place for me. Um, I didn't feel like myself even at work. Um, mm-hmm. My job is my passion. It's I I live to go to work every day. Like I can say that I um, enjoy myself at, at my job every single day. And it got to a place where I would go to work, but my job became like a escape. 
Mm. Um, and I became recluse in a sense that I didn't want to see the outside world. I wanted to either stay at work or go back home, stay at work, go back home. And that became my routine. I didn't go out. I would always take cars back and forth because also not only was I embarrassed for my family to see me in my dark state, but I was also embarrassed if I were to see someone out and about in the world, if they would see me in the place that I was in. So, um, yeah, it was a dark time. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? You never know what people are going through because I was going to her like on a regular basis and I never knew that you, like I knew that certain things was going on, especially as we got closer, but I didn't know it was to that extent with your husband. Mm-hmm. Well, because I am, you know, a very private person a lot of a lot of times like I um especially wait excuse the sirens y'all we in New York child yeah. <laughs> <Sorry. Go ahead. laughs> um, but yeah like I um I'm always very private when it comes to my relationships and things and um it was just hard for me to finally you know say to anyone like nah I'm not okay like right. I um but I feel like some people could tell because even like my speech became really um, all over the place. Like I would lose my track of thought constantly. Like I'd be in conversation with someone and all of a sudden I would forget what was it even talking about. And I would just start talking gibberish and nonsense. Um, and it was one of my clients one time that just kind of was just like, are you good? Like, is something going on? Cause you don't seem like yourself. Right. So as as try to hide it. Like, for some people it was it was kind of obvious that something wasn't right (laughs) right Mm. and how did this affect your health oh my god it affected my health in the sense that um I because I became resentful toward this person like for example when my my husband and I first got together I loved cooking and everything um for him but then because it kind of became um for one, he was a uh, very traditional uh, Dominican. And in his mind, it's like the wife cooks, cleans, does everything in the home. Right. Uh, but for me, it's like, I sometimes work from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Um, and- So nigga, you need to cook. <laughs> exactly. So it's like, if you get home at five and I'm getting home at nine, then maybe you should make a meal. <laughs> um, right. And sometimes and it would be like, oh, so what are you making? So because I became so resentful and so annoyed by that, what I would do is I just would constantly order fast food. And I would eat fast food every single day. And even also at work, like um, because I didn't have time to like pack myself meals or whatever, I'd be ordering fast food. And then because I wasn't getting any exercise because I was taking a car back and forth everywhere all the time. And when I was home, I was depressed and I would be in bed and I wasn't, you know, I wasn't being active. It affected my health in the sense that like my skin just became, I remember just looking at myself one day and being like, you are gray. <laughs> you don't even a complexion, like you're gray. Um, and my breathing was super um, heavy. Like I remember I would be taking off people's uh, extensions or whatever, and I would feel myself and hear myself breathing really heavily. And that became kind of like a red flag to me. Mm. Um, walking, I couldn't walk more than a block without getting excruciating back pain. Um, 
So when I would be walking, sometimes I would have to kind of like pace myself and those like uh, chairs that they have for the buses or whatever, like every single one of them, I would have to stop, sit, take a break. And it just became to a point where I was like, miss, <laughs> where I was like, you know, like, um, this is not who you are. Right. <laughs> um, you are someone that enjoys exploring the city. You enjoy um, finding new restaurants. You enjoy going to find new art and stuff like this. And because of your health and because of the state that you're in, you're not doing any of those things. You're basically right. home all the time. Um, so yeah, so I, I just, I knew I needed to make several changes. <laughs> Did he know that you wanted to get the surgery? Yes. And, um, when, so normally before you have the surgery, it's like a six month process till you have the surgery. Right? I remember cause you was telling me about it. Yeah. For mm -hmm. me, it took almost a year and a half. And the reason was because in the midst of me trying to do things for myself, he was sabotaging it. So Yo. Um, yeah. And he would say things to me, like, for example, if I one week, you know, made a plan as far as like meals, I'm only going to have salads and I'm, I'm going to watch what I eat. And I'm only going to drink water or whatever. He would say things to me like, Oh, you're trying to get pretty so you can leave me. Or, um, he would say like, you're not going to lose all the weight. Like, what are you doing this for? What's the point? Like, what do you need to look nice for? You work at a salon. Like, what does it matter? Um, if I would have appointments to go see like a, um, I remember one time I had to go see a cardiologist, like all of a sudden something would happen with him where I would have to move my appointment and make my soul focus him. Um, because, you know, anytime anything happened with him, it was like the end of the world. Right. Um, so, you know, it was, and my, the doctor that was going to do my surgery actually kind of um, one time actually called me and was like, Hey, what is going on? Cause this process usually takes people like six months. And for you, it's like you, you're stalling. Like you keep moving the appointments, um, or you don't go, or you're not doing the blood work we're asking for. Like, what right. like what's up? Yeah. And in the, in the moment, like I couldn't, you know, again, like my throat chakra was blocked or something because I couldn't just say to anyone, like, I have a person that is sabotaging my every move. So much so also too, like, remember when I said, like, I would um, make a plan to like have a healthy week and everything. This man would then all of a sudden decide he wanted to cook and he would sit a plate of food in front of me, um, rice, beans, um, chicken, wow, all that stuff. He would sit it in front of me and be like, you know, you want to eat this, like for, forget the salad, eat this instead. And that was one of the things too, that like, I remember one time just laying in bed and just being like, without saying it, I just feel like this person wants to kill me. <laughs> like, wow. his wants to kill me. <laughs> um, That's it, crazy. Alarming to say, but you know, like I, my ultimate goal is to speak of my experience. So if somebody hears it and like, you know, sees these patterns going on in their life, they know the fuck that it isn't normal and they get the fuck away. <laughs> right. And I think when people think about weight, lo weight loss options, it's not about being skinny or small. It's about being healthier. Exactly. So the fact that you noticed that he was trying to go against every single thing that you were trying to put in place to help you get into a healthier lifestyle is fucking crazy. Mm -hmm. Wow. Like there was always 
always something um, for, you know, for him to get in the way of me doing something. Uh, when you also, before you have the surgery, you have to go to a sleep uh, therapist and they have to monitor your sleep and see how your breathing is going and everything. So you have to sleep at the hospital. And I remember the night that I had to do that, it was a huge ordeal because he wasn't comfortable with me sleeping somewhere else because in his mind, I was going to go cheat. <laughs> um, so the entire night, I remember I had to give my phone to the sleep therapist because he was blowing up my phone the entire night. So he was going to try to sabotage that. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> wow. And how long have you been considering this weight loss journey? Because I feel like you've been talking about this for a while, like at least like, yeah, I would say two years, right? Yeah. Hmm. Has anyone in your family ever did it before? Yes, I have um, an aunt that did it. Um, but one of the reasons I made the decision is I actually had a client um, who's been my client since I started working in the city. Um, and when I met her, I remember she was, you know, significantly overweight. Um, and then I didn't see her for like a year because she kind of went after she had the surgery, she kind of, you know, went into focusing on herself or whatever. And then she popped back up again. And I was like, who is this girl? <laughs> wow. And, um, she then like, uh, when she noticed that I kind of would talk about how I wanted to get healthier and stuff like that, she kind of talked to me about it and recommended a doctor and everything. So nice nice and how did your family and friends receive the news that you wanted to take this route um for my mom she was ecstatic because she'd been at like asking me to do something for forever <laughs> but mm -hmm. she your mom always know when something's not right right um and my mom she always used to say you know like you are such a creative person and so you are and she's like, and I don't like, I see you shifting, like you've become so shy and you don't want to go out and you're like afraid of people and I don't understand this. So maybe you should consider like having um, the gastric bypass surgery. And for the longest time, like I just, I I've ne had never had a surgery in my life. So I was just afraid of what surgery entailed. Right. Um, but then like, you know, talking to my doctors and going on all those appointments, I'm grateful that it is a long process because it made me feel more comfortable and at ease with having the surgery. Like I wasn't scared when I went into it anymore. Right. Yo, I know your family was sick of that nigga. So let me tell you, like when I finally um, said something, I went to a cousin's 316 and um he of course he didn't want to go because he uh wanted us to leave the right after the party and i'm i made up a lie and was like well my family wants me to stay overnight and i haven't seen my family in a long time so i'm going and you can stay right and that's another thing i was going to point out your family haven't seen you in a while right so i went and my uncle who is my godfather basically um took me outside and he looked at me and he goes what's going on Mm. He's like, you gotta tell me what's happening he's like because I have never he's like I love you you know that you know you are beautiful to me at any size however I have never seen you like this and I need to understand what is going on in your home he's like your husband didn't come which is also kind of odd to me because he'd be stuck to you like glue like what is going on and I just remember just I it was like verbal diarrhea I just let it all out mm. and 
uncle immediately was like, okay, so we're making a plan because you're leaving. <laughs> He's like, um, whether you see it or not, like this is a form of abuse and it's not okay. No, it is. Yeah, he's like, so um, I'm moving you somewhere and you're getting out of there. Um, and he's like, I need you to call someone today that's going to come help you move because you're leaving. And he's like, and I'm going to make sure that you leave because my uh, uncle's fear was that once I got back home and started, you know, putting things away and stuff to leave, that he was going to convince me to stay. Mm -hmm. But at that point, just the fact that like, you know, it was the reaction I got from my family was the opposite of what I thought that in itself just gave me the strength to be like, you know what, this is my opportunity to break free and get away. Right. Uh, if I don't do it now. I'm not going to be able to do it. So right. I'm going to do it. <laughs> right. And May 1st, I left. I escaped. <laughs> mm. She packed up my shit and we got out of there. And when did he find out like the same day? He found out because I didn't want to tell him because I knew he was going to try to, you know, keep me in the house or um, I didn't know if he was going to turn violent or what. Um, but he found out two days prior because I was putting things in um, a bag and he asked me and I just was honest and was just like, you know, I'm I've been unhappy for a long time. I feel like, you know, that and I I need to get away. I, I want a divorce. Mm -hmm. And he, of course, made every excuse in the book, um, blamed everything on me. It was because I worked too much and I wasn't telling the family that I was always at work and I wasn't paying him attention anymore and blah, blah, blah. Um, and I just remember just continuing to tell myself, like, you know, this, this is what he's going to do. And also, too, like before um, that even happened, like, uh, I had told my therapist because I had started therapy because that's something they also recommend when you do the weight loss surgery and stuff is to see a therapist. So mm -hmm. I had been talking to my therapist at that point for like a year and a half. And I had told her that I was leaving, but also um, she was, she wanted to know like everything that was going on because one time when I was talking to her <laughs> um, on Zoom, he heard our conversation because he was in the room and he ran out of the room and started screaming at me while I'm on the phone with my therapist, like going off, like, don't tell this lady my fucking business and this and this and this and just going off. And I remember in that moment, just seeing her face, like, you got to get out of this. <laughs> like, this is hey. not okay. He has no shame to scream at you in front of your therapist. Like, girl. <laughs> right. Has he ever been violent towards you? Yes. Um, but I feel like it didn't happen a lot because I was always very vocal that if he ever put his hands on me, I will fight back. <laughs> right. Right. I and feel like now knew that too. <laughs> I feel like now I'm listening to your story. Like I always felt like you had some type of like cloud over you. Cause even when we used to talk and I used to be like, I mean, no lie y'all. And I, I'd be hyping people, but hyping people up, but like this girl is the best in the fucking game. Like can nobody do nails like her? Like people be copying her. People be trying to do it like her. Like her game is crazy. And I used to always give her ideas like, yo, you should do this. You come out with a book. Like her nail designs are so fired that I was like, you should put them in the book and sell them. Cause I know they will sell. 
And I used now I remember you always being like, no, like I don't think it's gonna work. Like you always like doubted yourself. And now I see where they came from. Yeah, because you know, like as much as you know, I would have ideas of my own, I would always have, you know, this cloud, like you say, over me that basically um his needs was always a priority, and that should have been my priority as well. Um, I remember expressing one time, like, you know, like, I do eventually want to have children, but I feel like we should wait till we're both more established in our careers in order to start having kids. And to him, it was like, well, no, we need to have kids now. Like, mm. uh, I want kids now. Because he wants your ass to be at home. That's why. Exactly. And thank <laughs> God, like, my ancestors, spirits, guides all protected me. I, like, it was like, Anytime we tried, I, I would not get pregnant. And I don't have an issue, you know, with um, like my ovaries or anything like that. So fertility. Always, fertility, yeah. So I would always question like, why am I not getting pregnant? And now like that I'm out the situation, I'm like, hmm, my, my, my protectors is like, no. Yeah. <laughs> Man, like this isn't happening. Like, no. <laughs> no, that's a fact. I always tell people, don't push God's hand, man. Exactly. <laughs> he'll give you exactly what you want and you're gonna be stressed the fuck out that is so real yep wow so did you have any fears before the surgery no um because uh just the place that i was uh having the surgery with they had a lot of nurses that had already had the surgery so they kind of reassured me what the process was going to be and i also saw like the changes um that they had <laughs> Um, Because, again, I've been going there for like a year and a half at this point. So some of them, when I met them, um, were at a certain weight. And then when I was going to go into my surgery, finally, like, they had just gone through an immense transformation. So I was just... That's amazing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So tell us about the process. Because I feel like the process is very, like, like they really... uh, Maybe it's the place that you went to, but they really take their time with explaining everything and what's to expect. Yeah. So the process is very thorough, which I appreciate because they really do prepare you for Mm -hmm. how your um, life is going to change completely. So before you actually even go for the surgery, you have to see a cardiologist, you have to see a sleep therapist, you have to see a therapist, you have to see a, um, what other doctors, a pulmonologist, you have to see a um, a psychiatrist, um, and uh, I forget what else. I'll, if I remember, I'll, but, um, yeah, like you see all those people and then also before that, oh, and a nutritionist mm-hmm. and then what they do is they basically walk you through the process and how your eating habits are going to change, um, and how your lifestyle is going to completely change as well. Um, so when you go into it before the surgery for two weeks, you can't have any food at all. That was the hardest part. I would say it's two weeks of just complete liquid. Um, the first two days, it was like literally going through a detox. I was just, I purposely took those days off from work because I was like, I know I'm going to be a nightmare because I'm going to be hungry. Right. Right. <laughs> uh, so yeah. So like that process was hard, but then after like the third or fourth day, like your body just kind of adjusts and you know, you get used to it. And then after the surgery, you're still again for two additional weeks on just liquid Mm-hmm. So that's really when you lose the majority of, of the weight. I feel like in a month, I had lost 30 pounds. Wow. Yeah. 
And then after those two weeks that you do just liquids, then you do two weeks of puree. Mm-hmm. And that was hard for me because I'm a texture person and I'm weird about stuff. And also because you go through this change, your taste buds change. Mm. So a lot of the things I used to like before, I no longer wanted nothing to do with. Like what? Um, for example, like I used to love um, like soup, like Dominican soup. Mm-hmm. Um, so time for um, puree. Um, my grandma, I remember she made me Dominican soup and she pureed like the carrots and all the vegetables in it and like the meat or whatever. And she sat it in front of me and girl, like I smelled it and it was like, I can't. Oh, like, no. like I don't know what it is but I cannot and I remember calling my mom because also too like because you your body is changing and everything like you're kind of hormonal in a way yeah so and I'm like crying on the phone I'm like I don't want to hurt grandma's feelings but I can't eat this. <laughs> oh my god I don't want her to cry I don't want her to think that I don't want her food and it was literally just my body no longer like rejected it and no longer mm. Even now with like fried food, like that used to be my jam. Like you bring me some fried chicken, like I was throwing down. Now I can't even look at it. What? <laughs> yeah. It's like you're not gonna mess with this body, child. <laughs> and then again, like McDonald's, one of my biggest vices, you know, before my surgery, like I would go to McDonald's every day if I could. Right. Now, I haven't. I haven't had McDonald's in seven months. Wow. <laughs> And I, it, same thing, like, I can't even smell it. Now it smells sour to me. And I know that you used to love some McDonald's too. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, when I told my clients that, like, we're shocked because when we would come here, we like, there would always be a bag of McDonald's in the trash. I'm like, <laughs> girl, she don't leave this damn McDonald's alone. And now, like, I, you can't get me to even get, a, like, eat a fry <laughs> from McDonald's. Wow. <laughs> I'm just curious, why did you pick this one over the bypass or the band or the balloon? Because the balloon and the band, uh, from what I understand, a lot of people will lose a significant amount of weight, but then they'll gain it back shortly after because it's not permanent. Um, I also had a family member that had a band and it like nothing happened. <laughs> um, wow. Um, so for me, I was just like, you know, if I'm going to make the commitment and do the two weeks of, you know, just liquid and everything, I'm just going to go for the entire thing. Um, I'm ready to completely change my lifestyle anyway. Like it is what it is. (laughs) Right. So how, so how many months has it been since you had the surgery and how much weight have you lost now? Because if you lost 30 pounds in one month, then I know it's crazy. Mm-hmm. it's been five months and I've lost 69 pounds oh that's amazing and how you feel oh my god I feel so good I was telling um people like I when I found my apartment um it was on the fourth floor and a year ago I would have been like I'm not going to look at that place like for what right <laughs> and now it's like my I look forward to running up to my apartment when I come home <laughs> like, nice. let's go to my cardios let's get it um, I just, I feel so good. And then even like, um, my, my, um, joy in getting dressed every day has come mm-hmm. before I didn't care. I'd wear a t-shirt and some sweatpants and call it a day or a hoodie and call it a day. And now it's like, I've done away with all that. Like I 
love to dress up. Even like now too, I've been like getting into finally putting makeup on my face again. I know, I see. I'm like, she got a lip gloss on, got a little blush. I feel very good. I I cannot complain. Very good. You look good. good. Thank you. Listen, my bitch got a new body, a new apartment, (laughs) a new year, about to have a new nigga. Okay. (laughs) Right. God was like, listen, if you if you do this and free yourself, you're gonna see it's just gonna be up from here and no that's a fact truly the moment I broke away like everything has just been going so well for me that's a fact and I'm so happy for you thank you now do you have to do certain things to maintain the surgery like obviously I know you have to eat good but do you have to like start working now or like or does it really matter yeah it's recommended that you walk um a lot so that Mm -hmm like blood clots um also um one of the things they tell you once you have surgery is that you will be taking vitamins for life because you eat so much less now your body doesn't um take in as much protein and um iron and things like that so now I do have to I have like a little alarm where I have to take vitamins all the time and just make sure that I'm getting my you know the right portion of protein in um, but yeah, as far as that, like, you know, it's the, um, main difference is when you eat as well too, like you have to, um, pace yourself and eat really slowly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and once you have the surgery, like you kind of get used to doing that anyway, because you don't want to overeat because that shit is painful as hell. I've never gone through it, but I've heard from other people that, um, had the surgery and they thought in their mind, like, oh, I'm still going to eat the same. I'll just eat less or whatever and they end up in the hospital because it it hurts that much oh my god any of that because as soon as I feel full like I'm done I'm like all right I'm not eating no more (laughs) have you had any complications so far or just no thank god thank god I've been really good about um and like I said like uh for some people it does their taste buds don't change like mine did me thankfully like I don't want any of the fried food or any of that stuff like right for a snack I want something small that I can like nibble on like right uh, whereas before like a snack to me would be like some fries like now I would uh, much rather have like almonds or um, those like little uh, cheeses that come in those little packages whatever um, strawberries pineapples like right more for fruit and um, nuts versus junk food Right. I'm just curious. So if you were to get pregnant, how would that affect your surgery or does it? They recommend after you have the surgery, like to commit to not getting pregnant for a year. If you do get pregnant, then you have to just be monitored because, you know, you're not getting the amount of vitamins a normal person would get. during. Right. Mm. And I knew because I was going through a divorce and everything like that. I was like, I'm not, I'm not about to be pregnant in a year anyway. So right. But imagine if you would have stayed with him, then they would have tried to get you, try to get you pregnant. 100%. (laughs) Wow. Crazy. (laughs) Cause you know, it's true, right? Yo, niggas is wild. (laughs) So how has weight loss surgery changed your life? Cause I feel like you are more confident than ever child. I'm like, yes. (laughs) Um, It has changed my life in the sense that it's, um, I am more confident and I'm, 
less afraid to speak <laughs> um, or put myself out there. Um, for a long time during, uh, you know, my weight gain and everything, like I had trouble even putting certain content content online because I would analyze it too much and just kind mm-hmm. of be like, I don't like how I look, and I'm sure people are gonna be, you know, picking apart my skin or whatever. And now it's just kind of like, I don't really care. Right. <laughs> like I'm just gonna put it out there. Whoever likes it likes it. Who doesn't kiss my ass? I don't care. <laughs> right. Right. Um, my sister was like, you are very me season right now. And yeah, as I you am. could be. Yeah. A very long time living for somebody else and, you know, caring for, uh, someone else's opinion. So now it's like, I don't. <laughs> and y'all were together for a long time, right? Uh, three years. Yeah. yeah. Like, okay. What makes me happy? What right. Makes, what is gonna, you know, give me joy. <laughs> That's right. My- Good for you, man. I'm so happy for you, y'all. I wish I could see her. Like the skin is on point. The hair, I mean, you always had nice hair, but it is like flourishing. Like it's growing nice and full. So like I can definitely see a change within your demeanor, your aura, just everything. Is there anything else that you're looking forward to on your new journey? Are you excited about dating? Uh, I mean, I kind of have started dating, but okay. I- it is, it is no secret that New York dating is trash. Oh, <laughs> OD trash. <laughs> but I, you know, you know this about me. I always, you know, am a very positive person and I have faith. So, you know, I know that my soulmate is out there and when it happens, it happens. But for right now, I'm just, you know, focused on being the best me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I feel like that in itself will radiate. Um so that when that person does come along, like they're gonna see that, <laughs> and right. that's one of the things that's gonna make them fall in love with me. So, <laughs> right, right. I'm, kidding, I'm having fun, but it is what it is. I'm just curious: Are you at your desired weight, or are you are you still going? Like, are you do you still want to lose more weight? I do, but I want to like I like being thick. <laughs> right. Um, they, like my goal is to get into the 100s. And mm-hmm get to like maybe like 170 160 between mm-hmm. my doctor's goal is for me to get down to 140 and I'm like I don't know about all that right um, we'll see we'll okay. see <laughs> and how long do you think like do they give you like a time frame when that can happen or it just happens usually it's within a year you get to your desired weight so okay. I've five months in so yeah and you know every day like I feel um differences like my hands have completely shrunk like so many of my rings I've had to get resized so many rings that didn't fit me I'm able to wear now again because um my hands have shrunk um my shoulders like I can you know feel my bones (laughs) and stuff in my face my skin is super clear um and um like just how like my clothing fits like in the past obviously like sometimes uh shirts and stuff would fit kind of tight now like I don't really have that issue like I can actually buy a size and know that it's gonna fit me (laughs) right 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 I know when you look in the mirror you just be like 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 it must feel good to finally see yourself yeah it does like I, I can't even lie like it feels 
good to, you know, finally have made the decision, go through the process and just see the results and just finally just start seeing that light in myself again. Yeah. And go out and it's like, now it's like bright as ever. <laughs> right, right, right. Child, I know he tight. <laughs> oh my God. All the, like I... Well, I blocked him off my phone, so he's still every now and then will try to contact me on WhatsApp. He makes fake pages constantly <laughs> because he's blocked on my Instagram. So um, very bitter and upset, <laughs> but I don't care. <laughs> if you would have done what you were supposed to do and treated me right, it would have never happened. This, these are your consequences, not mine. Yeah. <laughs> And last but not least, what is some advice you would give to those listeners out there that are interested in starting their weight loss journey? Um, make sure you're doing it for yourself, first and foremost. Uh-huh. And, um, just take it day by day and start the process. Um, just start the process. That's the hardest part is starting. Um, but... I, you know, if it's something, if your weight has been bothering you and it's something that um, you've been thinking about, do it, just do it. Because it's the best thing I ever did. Yeah. <laughs> do it. Nah, good for you, man. I am so happy for you, man. I'm telling you, I see such a big difference in her. Like, just everything. Like, how she is on Instagram now. I'm like, wow, she making videos. She chatting and shit. Yeah. <laughs> even even like my family they're like oh you're more talkative now like you're not as shy and I'm like well yeah because now it's like okay one I'm by myself at my house I'm like I gotta entertain myself somehow right right (laughs) well thank you so much for sharing your story I'm pretty sure that this is going to resonate with somebody out there because it always do chow but if you have questions comments concerns or you want to say hey girl hey hey please email me at hello at the phdpodcast.com. And until next time, everyone, later. (laughs) You're not going to say bye? Bye, everybody. (laughs) It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Badeda. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways you probably haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Questlove, and Kate Blanchett. In recent weeks, I had talked to actor Dan Levy, director Ava DuVernay, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side.